There's a subreddit called Solo Travel on the website reddit.com, and it's a place for anybody uh, to post stories or questions about traveling on their own. And I'm an avid solo traveler, and I find some stories about travel pretty interesting, and I stumbled upon one recently that I want to talk about. It's a really thorny issue, and I'm going to try and talk about this carefully, and I don't want to try and, I don't want to get too heated or anything, but it is one of these kind of discussions that that ignites certain passions such as anger and maybe even judgment, fear, and sadness. So I guess some discretion is advised on this podcast episode. The Reddit headline goes like this. Sexually assaulted in Egypt, tried to report to hostile staff, but told this is normal and to quote, dress with more honor. So that's what we're dealing with today. And, (laughs) you know, it's just, like I said, it's a thorny issue because I think we're going to come down on either being dangerously sexist or dangerously racist. And I find it very... Uh, quite fascinating to prod in these directions and and test our true beliefs and to try and align ourselves with our values and to see if those values withhold and withstand scrutiny. So I guess I'm looking at this from the point of view of somebody with strong convictions. Uh, For instance, when I read this, I'm a bit horrified and indignant. I'm outraged that this happens, and my compassion goes to this girl that was sexually assaulted in Egypt, and anger toward a culture that, uh, in which this can happen, especially that forgives it and kind of like, apolog- like makes apologetics for it, you know, where the staff are like, you know, almost covering it up or something like that. So that's my perspective here, Um, but I want to test this a little bit by talking it out with you. I think I'll read you the post, and then you can understand uh, the context here. I've dreamed of visiting Europe. Sorry, I'll start over. I've dreamed of visiting Egypt my entire life. This week, I finally got the opportunity, and it couldn't have been more of a nightmare. I want to keep this short. As a solo woman, you will be seen as an object. Forget the madness at the airport with people fighting each other to get you into their taxi. That was just the beginning of the utter lack of respect of human space. Men have done things like asked me to marry them, propositioned me for sex, and forcibly taken photos with me in addition to whistling and catcalling. And that was only what I understood in English. God knows what else they were saying to me. Yesterday, I went to photograph the Nile from the Zamalak boardwalk when two men wouldn't leave me the fuck alone and ended up reaching up my skirt as I tried to ignore them. No one around bothered to help me. I ran away screaming and got into a random taxi who brought me to my hostel. I complained to the staff in full tears, and their advice was that I dress with more honor, criticizing my choice of clothes claiming they weren't appropriate for Egypt. 
And to the people who want to shame me for my clothing, I obviously wasn't dressed like Giselle on the runway for Victoria's Secret. I hope others learn from my experience. I just discovered this subreddit with many other accounts of Egyptian street harassment and sexual abuse. I have five more days left, but I'm looking to end my trip early. I'm honestly traumatized and just want to get the hell out of here. Okay, so that comes from a Reddit user by the name of Hannah New York. And I don't know anything about Hannah New York. None of us do. I guess I could peruse her history, but I'm not going to bother doing that. I'll just leave her as anonymous and just take her story at face value. Now, I'm curious what people's reactions are to me reading this aloud. You know, are you um, tempted to um, judge Hannah's decisions or her attitudes? And if you are, does that make you somehow blaming the victim? which is a phrase that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us use in political discussions that's seen as sort of this awful thing, right? Like, um, if you dress slutty or too suggestively, then you deserve some amount of harassment or assault, right? Which is awful, right? It sounds really bad. And um, it's tricky because this is what I mean. Like, we're either going to side with her or we're going to side with Egypt, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's what's interesting. And it, it makes me think about this other thing that I'm going to bring into this discussion, which is a, a recent, I don't want to call it an art piece, but it's like this provocative street performative um, agit, agitation piece. Um, someone went around a city and they posted signs that said, Islam is right about women. And I find that to be a fascinating thing to do because I think fundamentally we have to square our beliefs about tolerance for religion and our beliefs in women's rights or women's equality, you know, women's issues. So that's what we're going to get into here. And this thread was pretty popular. It has over a thousand upvotes. It has, you know, 118 comments before it was locked in the end by a moderator called Peachy Keens. And I want to read some of um, what this mod has written here. The first comment is this mod's pinned comment. It says, a reminder that racist, Islamophobic, victim-blaming comments will be removed and may result in bans. What's good? Giving OP some empathy. OP is original poster, by the way. What's not good? Victim blaming and or using OP's experience as an excuse to be racist. This sub has got to get better about discussing upsetting experiences without devolving into racism and Islamophobia. We will lock this if y'all can't walk the line. Edit. Locked. Thanks to everyone who provided empathy, advice, and encouragement to OP. Okay, so we're dealing with a really... Uh, let's say, uh, volatile conversation here. And I'm fascinated, you know, I'm curious how racist people are getting, if they're actually saying racist things about Egyptians, or if they're really blaming the victim, you know, like scolding the original poster for her behaviors and decisions. And what I find interesting is that 
you kind of have to, in a way, go down one of these paths, you know? And that's what's so tough about a situation like this because the fact is that bad things do happen. And when we analyze these things, we have to make some sort of judgments to, you know, improve the world and, you know, protect ourselves in the future and all these kind of things, right? So I'm going to read a few different comments here just to give a little more context to this thread. And I'll just pick some of these, not quite at random, like this is the next one, so I'll just read this one. Hey, I am an Egyptian man and I live in Cairo, and quite honestly, I can't deny that what you've experienced is a daily occurrence here, both for local and foreign females. Dress to code or otherwise doesn't really matter. I am truly sorry about all of this, and I am heartbroken that this is what we have to have, have to come to as a nation. I find myself disconnecting myself from this country and its people more and more each day. The extreme lack of ignorance and immorality is not something I identify with, and this is sadly the overwhelming norm now. It seriously depresses me reading all these horror stories of people visiting Egypt. There are good, well-behaved, and educated people here, but they are very few and very far between. So let's take that for what it's worth. I mean, it's one guy's opinion, an Egyptian guy. Um, statistics do support what he's saying. Egypt is known for being extremely religious. Uh, I think 99% of the people identify as Muslim. Um, and leaving the faith, being an apostate, is punishable by... I guess I shouldn't say death because I'm not looking at the facts, but it's a punishable crime to leave the faith. And it's really rigid. It's a very rigid society where, you know, it's very traditionalist, it's very conservative. And I think a lot of liberals might be forgetting this fact that Islam is a very conservative religion in countries where it's the majority religion. You see bans on alcohol, you see, ban you, see um, you know, regulated behaviors in terms of free expression and what to wear, what to say, you can't criticize, you know, the Quran. There are all these things that I actually think as a Westerner are very, very challenging because I, you know, I've taken for granted and now I, I don't quite take it for granted. I just enjoy the fact that I've lived in a society that celebrates expression and individuality and is quite liberal and open and you know, celebrates open sexuality and maybe drug use and definitely alcohol, um, you know, open sexual attitudes and all these kind of things that I really identify with um, coming from California, living in New York and moving to Berlin. All three of these places have this in common. And Egypt is not like those places. And this is where this term cultural relativism comes in, right? Like, if I believe in freedom to express my beliefs about God and how there is no God and how religions are dumb in a way, I feel very comfortable saying that in my society. And if I go to Egypt, I'm probably not going to feel as comfortable to say that. And quite frankly, I just disagree with that society to limit people and to limit speech and opinions. Now, I'm not a cultural relativist. I'm kind of a, I don't want to say absolutist or something like this, but I believe in what I believe in. I believe in free expression. So if I go to a place where expression is severely limited, 
I don't just accept that. I'm actually, um, you know, disturbed by that. I don't like it, and I'm not afraid to say that I don't like it. So this is what I'm thinking about as I read these comments. And this first comment, which has a lot of points, um, a lot of upvotes on Reddit, you know, I guess it, let's say it, you know, it confirms my bias going in because I have this kind of bias against Egypt, let's say. Now, does that make me racist? I don't think so, but let's, let's keep peeling it back. Um, I'll read a few more shorter comments. Yeah, unfortunately that happens far too often. My wife was groped several times on the subway. We got off at the next exit, but it's really a disturbing experience. Next one. This makes me sick to my stomach. I'm Egyptian and have a British friend who's coming to visit next year. This is exactly the kind of thing I'm worried about. Fucking ashamed of this country. Next one. Horrible, but not surprising. These places are better to be visited with a group, OP. See if you can join different daily groups. I don't suppose they cost too much. Look online for them to, so that you can book without a, with a card. Check, get your guide, for, instant, for instance. Okay, so that's like a constructive comment, right? Like giving practical advice. Um, but, you know, that falls into this category of kind of, quote, blaming the victim. Because he's kind of subliminally or, you know, subtly saying, oh, you shouldn't have been there alone. Like, what were you thinking? You should always be with people. Right? So this is kind of interesting because obviously the traveler, the solo traveler, believes in being independent and alone and is just going to a tourist site to take her photos and she's getting harassed. So this guy is saying, don't go alone. So I find this interesting, right? Like there are places in the world where you're not actually safe if you're alone. Now, my personal opinion is that these are the kind of places I don't actually want to go to. You know, like this is a hassle. And even as a grown man who can blend in to most cultures, um, I, I don't want to endorse that. You know what I mean? A few more. Egypt has gone way downhill over the past decade for tourists. I've heard lots of bad things. <sighs> Response to that. I was literally kidnapped at the pyramids. They tricked me onto a camel, then refused to let me down. We were getting into some remote area, so I decided to jump. Ended up slicing up my knees and elbows. The dude proceeded to mount his camel and attempted to threaten me with his staff if I didn't give him money. He actually chased me and I had to ward him off by threatening to throw rocks at him while sprinting back toward the pyramids for help. When the police saw my tired, bloody self, they just shrugged their shoulders. And that's not even the worst thing that happened to me in Egypt. To put things in perspective, I, once asked by, I was once asked by an older man if I wanted to have relations with an underage boy. Well, wow. now, I don't want to be alarmist here because I think probably most people that visit Egypt and stick to prescribed tourist paths have a good time and get their photos of the pyramids and all this. And probably most, you know, most travelers go through this experience without much incident. So maybe it's unfair of me to be re reading these comments and, you know, maybe you, you could say I'm cherry-picking my evidence. I'm just reading this thread. Um, so I'm still waiting to come to a, a comment that's like, this is unfair, this doesn't happen very much. I don't know if we should, I don't know. I don't know if I should be giving that side a voice when I'm reading this. But I'm trying to keep in mind, like, this doesn't happen all the time. But some of these comments really do make it sound like it does happen all the time. And the statistics, the objective statistics kind of support it.
Um, should I keep reading? I'm not sure. I'll read this one. So sorry this happened to you. It happened to me as well while visiting the pyramids. I was only in Egypt two days, just got in and out quickly, and still couldn't avoid this. One of the few places in my travels where I didn't feel comfortable just walking down the street. Not sure if you did this or not, but in the future, always research attitudes toward females in whatever area you're going. It's unfortunate, but that's the reality. I knew and tried to plan accordingly and still had this happen to me. And ignore those trying to victim blame or blame your clothing. I had on jeans and hoodies the whole two days because it was cool when I was there and I still got assaulted. The only thing to blame is their backwards mentality. So, right, you know, like I think this is really the crux of the problem, you know, like if you, okay, so the OP in my estimation is pretty naive to not, have not researched attitudes towards women in Egypt and how to best present yourself in public, right? I mean, if you do any amount of research, it's not hard to find that kind of stuff online. And she says that she's like dreamed of going to Egypt her whole life. So I'm like, I'm quite shocked that she was so naive. Now, she said she wasn't wearing, you know, Victoria's Secret models clothing, which is just, you know, a bra and panties, I guess, which is like outrageous even walking around Berlin or New York. So I should hope not. But let's imagine that she's wearing, you know, short shorts and a tank top. You know, I think that would be as, you know, as frivolous as she could have dressed in Egypt. And, you know, as a man, as a warm-blooded man, this kind of look does get my attention, you know? I come from a culture that knows how to look without, you know, being lascivious or gross, let alone, you know, anywhere near assault. Um, I think in the West, we're quite accustomed to, like, women's bodies on display. And I think we can all agree that in Muslim-majority countries, uh, societies aren't accustomed to that, you know? We've all seen footage and we know about how, you know, even if it's not a prescribed dress code, most Muslim countries, um, women dress very conservatively, if not fully hiding themselves, literally, you know, wearing like a burqa or a niqab at least, at least hiding their hair, if not hiding their whole face, and maybe having eye slits and even covering those sometimes with like a bag on their body with no shape to it. Now, this is like a kind of a different topic. I don't want to go full on into um, critiquing and criticizing Islam, but I do have a major critique of Islam and I'm not afraid to do that because I'm coming again from my values, you know, my value of open-mindedness, you know, very inquisitive thought, curiosity for the world, uh, self-expression, you know, uh, equal rights, um, you know, and also, you know, dating and hookup culture and even casual sex and definitely like flirting when the chance arises. So this is kind of how I believe um, through my life and my socialization. And so if I see a culture that's like fundamentally against those things, I don't put on a different hat and say, oh, well, that's their culture, so I guess that's okay. Like, I actually think, well, no, they're wrong, actually. I think they're wrong. 
And there's this term now for that, and it's called Islamophobia, as if I'm like irrationally afraid of Islam. And I guess Islamophobia might have its place, you know, like I think after 9-11, maybe people were irrationally afraid of Islam. But, you know, I don't know if it's that irrational when groups like the Islamic State <laughs> go around committing acts of terror around the world, you know, committing large, like, mass murder. I mean, I don't think it's irrational to be afraid of that. I don't think it's irrational to be suspicious of a, of a militarized religion that has swept through the Middle East, Northern Africa, into Europe, definitely into Asia. You know, it's spread like that, you know? So if you, like, study history a bit, you start, like, becoming critical of what we're looking at. Let me make this a little easier for everybody because I know that this sounds crazy when I'm saying sounds Islamophobic or racist or something. You know, like, we're very apt to scrutinize ourselves, you know? Like, you know, it's very in vogue right now to um, hate on white people and white men and to make fun of them all the time and to say, oh, these are just privileged jerks, you know? And they, like, have you know, exploited the rest of the world and on the backs of everybody else. And, you know, they're just coming from this privilege of getting everything they want, whatever the critique is of whiteness and how lame white people are and all this and how like through white history, you have stuff like the slave trade, you have like the crusades, you know, and how Christianity is just as bad because it's done all these bad things. And I think a lot of those arguments are valid. I don't mean to say that they have no validity because obviously history is full of terrible shit from all sides and certainly Europeans have done damage. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, if you like look into these things, you start seeing like, oh, actually the African slaves trade was pioneered by Arabs in the Middle East and slavery still exists in some parts of the world, whereas Europeans were the first to end it. And, you know, the Crusades were actually a response to jihad from Saudi Arabia, or at the time Mecca, which was, which took over Israel and took over, you know, a lot of the Mediterranean that is now a total stronghold for Islam. And the Catholic Church from Italy was actually like, oh, we should fight back. We should try and send some Crusaders to fight back and reconquer Israel, for instance. And the Crusades were actually like a pretty even battle. It was a series of four wars over the course of hundreds of years in which Europe was trying to defend its border, if you will, from, you know, a warring um, empire, I guess I can say, from the southeast. And now it's very in vogue to ignore the, um, you know, the aggressor in that war and just focus on how the Europeans were the bad guys because we went in, we, I'm not, I'm not even European, when Europe went in to attack, you know, I, I don't even know what people are imagining when they think about the Crusades, but it's actually pretty complex. Anyway, all this to say that there is a very rational, reasonable analysis of Islam that can end with a harsh judgment against it. And that doesn't mean that people that criticize Islam are giving Christianity a pass or that other religions aren't, quote, just as bad or anything like this. It's just to say, 
Can we just admit what is bad? Can we admit bad things in the world? Female genital mutilation, for instance, honor killings, you know, imprisoning rape victims for being raped, you know? Like these kind of things that happen in the name of religion, specifically in this case, Islam, are bad. They're just straight up bad. And I don't think we should like be more uh, morally relativist and culturally relativist when we talk about this stuff. But I know that, you know, all my friends have this knee-jerk reaction to stop me from talking so freely and openly the way I'm doing right now. I think everyone I've ever talked to, their immediate reaction is, oh yeah, but Christianity did this and that, or not all Muslims are so bad, Keith, don't, don't forget that. I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course there are good Muslims, of course. I mean, there's billions of them. Of course there are good people. But as a belief system, I think it's bad. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And the more strongly it is believed in, I think the worse it is. So that's my, that's my opinion. You can judge me if you want for it, but I feel very comfortable holding this opinion. I got there through my own agnosticism growing up in the States and scrutinizing Christianity again and again, and then scrutinizing Judaism again and again. And obviously knowing plenty of Christians and Jews, meeting a lot of good people, and fundamentally deciding these religions are ridiculous and believing in these kind of fairies and whatever, and these kind of like, you know, <laughs> stories that are totally outlandish and ridiculous. It's all absurdities, you know, it's just total absurd absurdities. Um, and I think, and then I just looked at Islam and I thought, oh, this is the same. Oh wait, it's even worse, you know? So that's my opinion about religion. Now, it's very hard to criticize religion now. Well, I should rephrase that. It's okay to criticize Christianity. It's not okay to criticize Islam. It's called Islamophobic or racist. As if, because a religion is practiced by more Arabs or Southeast Asians, that suddenly it's racist. I, in fact, counter that if you think it's racist to criticize Islam, you're racist. Because you think that Islam is just this monolithic, race, which it's not, obviously. I mean, Indonesians are totally different than Mauritanians in Northern Africa. But that somehow, because they're all non-white or something, which is also not true, because, you know, in Bosnia and Herzegovina, they're white and they're Muslim. So Islam is not a race, let's just get that clear. But yet, it's still considered somehow bigoted to criticize it. And that's what I find so provocative and interesting about this public art kind of project. I shouldn't call it art, but nonetheless, this phrase, Islam is right about women, because it really challenges people to think, oh, I'm not allowed to say anything bad about Islam, so I want to say it's wrong. But I also am not allowed to, you know, subjugate women or put women as inferior or, you know, second class citizens. So that's also weird. And in Muslim-majority countries, women, generally speaking, have fewer rights. Now, that's debatable. You know, there's different ways of having rights. There's different ways of having a good life. So I don't necessarily want to get into that. But be that as it may, let's get back to this Reddit post. In Egypt, women are assaulted more than anywhere else in the world per capita. 
Egyptian women are assaulted, Western women are assaulted, covered up women are assaulted, um, you know, t-shirt and jeans women are assaulted. And this is like a, a really common knowledge thing, if you look into it a bit. There was like a horrific story where a reporter for CNN, I think, was covering um, the Arab Spring. And she was raped by a group of people while reporting in, um, what is the name of this square? I'm not remembering the details, but Laura Logan is her name if you want to look up that story. And it's a really sad story. But when something like this happens, like, what do we do? What's our reaction? Do we, do we think, oh, well, she shouldn't have been there. She shouldn't have been alone. She should have dressed more conservatively. And those things might be right. You know, like, I do think that as individuals in the world, we have to take some responsibility for ourselves, some responsibility for how we put ourselves into danger, um, you know, how much knowledge we equip ourselves with before going into something and taking the proper precautions. I feel that way. And as a solo traveler, especially if you're a woman, the number one rule is to kind of get your grips and get a good, you know, understanding of your environment and to be aware and to be protective of yourself to be you know cognizant of your surroundings this is like rule number one for traveling especially solo traveling and especially if you're a woman now is that sexist of me to say the fact is that women are at more risk than men for certain crimes they're at less risk for other crimes but for sexual assault, they're at more risk, and it's not controversial to point that out. So when you know that, you have to protect yourself, and maybe that does mean dressing more conservatively. Now, I don't endorse going to Egypt and a lot of the Muslim world because I don't like, like if I was a woman, I would resent the fact that I had to change my entire style in order to visit a place. I don't like that. You know, like, I don't want to change my lifestyle that much. Like, I don't really like wearing insect repellent on my skin, let's say. That means that I'm not going to try and travel to places where I need to wear a lot of insect repellent, where insects, where mosquitoes are, for instance. That doesn't make me racist against the Caribbean or Southern Africa or, you know, tropical rainforests. It just means that I know what I like. I like to, you know, let's say I, I don't like to be in the sun. That means I'm probably going to avoid deserts, you know. And if I like expressing myself, if I was a gay man, I would want to be able to express my sexuality. That means that I wouldn't want to go to places where homosexuality was punishable by death or imprisonment or even like shamed. I wouldn't really want to deal with that. And if I wanted to go to a country where that was the case, then I would have to be prepared to hide that, right? And I think this is like the balance that we have to make personally, like to take it out of politics and this kind of debate. On a personal level as travelers, we have to decide what our values are and what parts of the world our values fit. So I think that this poster on Reddit made that mistake she didn't know what she was getting into, and she didn't understand the culture as much as she proclaimed to dream about it. So then we have this idea of racism, 
right? So all the people on this Reddit thread who are saying stuff like, oh my God, Egypt sucks now. It's so, it's totally like this. It's awful. It's this backwards culture. It's these, you know, like it goes on and on. And some of these comments are deleted. Some are left up. And it's like, it's really just a, it's an issue of degree, right? How intense is your remark? You know, like it might be okay to say something like, oh, Egypt is kind of dangerous for women, right? That would be okay to say. And I think in polite society, you could say that and nobody would really get offended. But if you said something more incendiary and provocative, like, um, oh, Egypt, like rape capital of the world, right? That would be inappropriate. You know, I don't feel good saying that, you know, I don't even know if it's true. So I'm ignorant about this, but from what I've read and from the statistics that I've seen, it could be argued, right? Now, I'm not going to go around saying this, but when I read something like this Reddit thread, that's what I'm like concerned with, you know? And then I think, why is sexual assault so high in Cairo? Why is that? And it's a mix of things, right? I, I do think the religion is a big part. Um, but if you want to maybe parse that out a bit, culture is not just religion. You know, culture is also, um, you know, just social mores and practices and traditions that are passed down and attitudes that are just kind of accepted. And, you know, I think that Egypt probably is a very patriarchal, you know, probably even misogynist society. Now, that doesn't mean that every man there feels that way. And of course, we've heard from a man in this Reddit thread that doesn't feel that way. But I think it's okay to admit that certain places have reputations and that reputations might be justified, you know? I think we're more comfortable if we're talking about white people for some reason. Like if I was to talk about Russia as an unsafe place for gay or homosexuality and drug use, people would somehow be okay with this because it's like kind of in vogue to criticize Russia you know, the big bad guy from the Cold War who is spying and, you know, infiltrating elections and stealing data and undermining things and, you know, all these kind of things that happen in Russia, it's okay to criticize that, even if it's part of the culture, you know, like a lot of Russians do support Putin, you know, he makes them feel strong and, you know, it's good for their ego somehow and it's kind of like the status quo that they can support. So like, if you're going to be a cultural relativist, why don't you apologize on behalf of Russia? Why don't you just give them a, give them a pass? You don't, because it's okay to hate on white culture. That's what I really think it is. I think liberals, generally speaking, it is liberals, who are okay with criticizing Russia, but not okay with criticizing Egypt or Saudi Arabia or Pakistan. That's racist. <laughs> why are you picking and choosing which cultures to criticize. Why is it okay for you to criticize Russia and it's not okay for you to criticize Saudi Arabia? It's because you are uncomfortable about criticizing a place just because it's Arabic. That's what racism is. Like you're judging it for being Arabic. You're like giving it a pass or you're like trying to be, you know, protective of it or something. And I do get it. You know, I think it's fair that there are bigots in the world. You know, America has some. Donald Trump probably is one, right? And we don't want to 
give them a pass or give them any ammunition to use, right? We don't want to encourage bigoted discussions or judgments. You know, the way that Donald Trump talks about shithole countries, that Haiti is a shithole country and that we don't want immigrants from Haiti. We want immigrants more from Norway. People read that as racist. And I think people that judge that as racist are only focused on race because maybe Haitians are of, they're Afro-Caribbean and Norwegians obviously are Scandinavian white people. And if you're only going to look at those two levels of analysis, or that one level of analysis rather, then it sounds racist. <laughs> if Donald Trump said, we don't want people that are Afro-Caribbean, we want Scandinavians. I mean, I guess that would sound kind of racist. But by every metric of how you can judge a society, Haiti is inferior to Norway on every single metric, you know? And it just so happens, I think, that people are the skin color that they are. It's more incidental to me. You know, there are, there are wealthy Arab states, of course. There are, you know, varying degrees of wealth in the Caribbean. There are poor white countries, you know. So I don't know. I guess I just think we're a little touchy and it's a really tricky topic to get into, but I wish it wasn't because these kind of discussions about solo travel and women in the Middle East, for instance, these kind of discussions need to be had truthfully and directly. And we shouldn't be tiptoeing around Islamophobia or victim blaming. You know what I mean? Like, if you really do believe, hey, she should have worn, you know, jeans instead of shorts. She should have worn a baggy shirt instead of a tank top. Like, okay, you can say that. And I'm sorry that it opens you up to this quote, victim blaming attitude. I, I don't think it's fair that you're getting called a blaming the victim just because you're pointing out sound advice. But at the same time, if you say something like, oh yeah, well, in this culture, you know, men are a little, you know, unhinged and might, you know, lunge after you or do something that you don't want them to do based on how you appear. Like, that's also practical a practical statement with evidence behind it. You know, it's not bigoted. It's not based on nothing. It's based on something. And if you were having a conversation with a loved one directly without society kind of in the way, you would feel comfortable enough to say that. The kind of things that we tell each other when we really trust somebody somehow are different than the kind of things that we say in public and among groups. Because I feel like we have to virtue signal a bit when we're talking in groups. And I think that's unfortunate. And I'm tired of it. I'm really tired of it, which is why I'm recording this podcast. I want to speak freely. I have freedom of speech. I want to use it. I want to say uncomfortable things and face uncomfortable truths. And the truth of the matter is that Egypt is not a safe destination for a lot of people. And even though I could blend in there and probably have no problem as a, you know, as a world-weary man of ambiguous ethnicity, I can fit in almost anywhere in the world and feel like I can hold my own. I don't want to go to places that are so unsafe for my friends. You know what I mean? That's like my, I don't know, like voting with my actions kind of thing. So I guess I've said enough on this topic. I'll leave it there. Um, I guess I, I hope that 
I've left you with something to think about and how this kind of stuff is discussed and this meta level of conversation of like what we're allowed to say, what we feel a bit programmed to say, because most of us do say prescribed things. When you default to certain statements and you feel comfortable because you know your friends think the same thing, that's also risky. You know, that's a form of like groupthink or, you know, you've been somehow, um, you know, you've been given a suggested opinion that you're using. And if we break it down further, I'm curious what's actually underneath there. I think there's a more complex uh, truth here and a more complex, you know, set of opinions that we can have on this topic where it's okay to judge some things, but not okay to prejudge or to assume things. I'm not going to assume that every Egyptian I meet has certain values or opinions. I've met good people from everywhere. So I, I know that. And I will always give people the benefit of the doubt when I meet them. But I can still criticize ideas. I can criticize laws that I don't agree with no matter where they are. I can criticize American laws. I can criticize Russian laws. And I can criticize Pakistani laws. I don't feel uncomfortable doing that because I know that my belief system is, I'm going to say, clean. You know, it's like... It's unbiased toward where I apply it to. That said, I'm going to continue scrutinizing myself and wonder why do I believe this or that? Maybe I don't need to believe so strongly in, let's say, the right to an abortion. I believe in having, I, I believe in abortion and the right to have it, but there are places where it's illegal and maybe they have a point with making it illegal. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't agree right now, but I'm willing to keep an open mind on these things. So that's it for now. I'll leave it there until next time.